Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Yeah, don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Yeah. Hello, Bengals fans. I am Matt Minnick, and this is Coach Speak. Holy crap. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm one of the more optimistic Bengals fans out there. I, I think most of you would agree with that, but um, I can't believe we're here. Um, enjoy it. Love it. Man, feel it, because we... We have earned it, all right? They have really earned it, but we've earned it from a, a lot of years. Um, sticking with this team, sticking behind this team, a lot of heartbreak, and holy crap, uh, it's coming together this year, all right? It, it's coming together. Here we go. Super Bowl, baby. Enjoy it. Uh, now, let's talk about this game against the Chiefs. First of all, Look, even even I, like I said, I'm, I'm optimistic. I never give up. Uh, I'm for years. I have, you know, I'll tweet something the second half of a Bengals game, like, all right, here's what they need to do to get back in it, and people laugh at me because, you know, like, yeah, right, because it was a team that never did those things, um, and and now it's different, you know, and and Joe Burrow is obviously a huge part of that. I think the coaching staff is also a very big part of that because these are people who are excellent at making adjustments and changing, adapting to the situation, fixing things in the second half, or maybe just having a secondary game plan in their back pocket that they're sitting on. So let's get into that. Let's talk about that. The Chiefs scored a lot of points in the first half of that game, right? Uh, you know, they put 21 points up real quick, um, but they didn't put it up that quick. You know, like they were... Romo kept talking about how good they were now that they were really efficient. And the whole time, I was tweeting to him, like, Romo doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, that's not what makes them good. Uh, and, and, you know, people were criticizing me for it, but I was saying, like, if, if this is the game plan, like, I feel pretty good about this. Because they weren't going to stick with that game plan. That's not how they win games. Andy Reid was bound to get bored at some point, you know, even if it was working. Because that's what offensive coordinators do. Um, and you know, I, Andy Reid, Andy Mail throw them in together, but like that's what these guys do. Like they get bored with success, especially when you have fun toys like uh, like Hill and Kelsey, and like that's what this this, this team wins by having big plays. Hill, Kelsey, that's what they that's what they do. So when those things weren't really happening, when they were moving the ball, like I don't, they're running the ball. Okay, that's how Kansas City is going to beat you, like six yards a carry or whatever. All right, you're not going to do it, you know, in the, in the key moments. You're going to try and get the ball to Hill and Kelsey, and that's what they ended up doing. 
So that's not how they win games. So if you can get in that opportunity. The other thing is, Mahomes is great, right? Mahomes is great. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely nothing negative to say about Mahomes. Um, but he plays a little fast and loose with the ball sometimes. You know, all of those crazy plays he makes are a little dangerous. So you know that if he's got to throw the ball that many times to get down the field, there's going to be turnover opportunities, and the Bengals have been really good at taking advantage of those. So, you know, the score at the end of the half, getting it close, it was like, all right, get a stop right away, and they're going to be okay because it's like you need to you need to get a stop, you need to get a key stop, turn around and score, you need to get a, get a turnover, score off that, and you're going to be okay. All right, and the offense, obviously, we could have used more out of the offense early on. Uh, that would have been preferable to not get buried in such a deep hole. But that's the way it came together in the second half. Now, the defense did a good job, whether it was a true in-game adjustment or if it was just Lou holding something in his back pocket, you know, waiting so the Chiefs couldn't adjust to it. Uh, you know, stands we'll probably never know. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, you know, in the second half, we saw a lot of three-man rushes. Um, and we saw some five-man pressures too, right? And that's not getting talked about a lot, but they kind of made it all look the same though, all right? It all looked like a 3-4 kind of from the front perspective. There was usually an extra an extra corner and usually an extra safety in there too, but uh, or often an extra safety. But, you know, it, it all looked like that, but they'd have somebody walked up. They'd have Hubbard really dropping off, but he's in the edge of the line, or Pratt doing the same thing in the other side. They'd have Wilson often spying, right, uh, but lined up in a B-gap, looking like he could come. You know, they might have Bailey covering the running back, but lined up in the B-gap, looking like he could come. So there's a lot of three-man pressures that look like five-man pressures, all right? But then they also brought the five-man pressures, right? So it was a little bit more of like a true 3-4. We talk about them as a 3-4. I don't love that we talk about them as a 3-4 because I see them as a little bit more of like a bear front when they're when they're trying to stop that team. But we're getting technical. We're getting carried away with it. It doesn't really matter. These are logistics. Uh, but they did kind of switch those things up. They played the spy in Mahomes quite a bit, uh, which was an interesting way to kind of keep him contained as well. Uh, but they did a great job of containing him, of keeping him in the pocket, dropping that extra guy off. Um, you know, even as the spy, he's staking up some space in, the, in that middle hole there where they like to hit those crossing routes and they, you know, run after the catch. They, they rack the crap out of those things. And, you know, that, that was helping out, you know. Look, they didn't take away Kelsey and Hill the same way they did in the previous matchup, but they took them away in key moments. You know, they kept them both under 100 yards. They both found the end zone, all right, but they took them away in a, in a lot of key moments, particularly at the end of the game. You know, in, the, in that final drive uh, when the Chiefs had to settle for a field goal and, and send it into overtime, like, they managed to find a way to get two guys on those guys just about every play. And it wasn't just playing double coverage. It was bracket coverages. Uh, it was some match coverages, but they managed to do that and – you know, that's a really deep game plan. You know, they didn't just know how the Chiefs were lining up. They knew where those guys were going, and they were adjusting to those situations. So they did an excellent job on that in that game plan. And, look, you know, the other thing we got to talk about with the adjustments and how this team sticks in here and how they win these types of games is that mentality. You know, um, they are mentally tough and resilient. You know, they do not quit. They do not flinch. They do not get flustered. And, I mean, honestly, even with the Chiefs, he kind of saw that a little bit. Like, he kind of saw, like, some little outbursts. Uh, even when they were, you know, leading, when the Bengals were starting to come back, he could see it was, uh, 
there were some cracks. You know, there were some guys that were kind of like starting to lose it, like lose their composure a little bit. Um, even like, you know, Chase complained about uh, pass interference calls that weren't being made. But it, like it didn't, it seemed like it was in control. It was like, hey man, what's going on? More, more than what? You're screwing me, that type of, uh, of thing. You know, just from his body language. I'm, I'm just judging on body language. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the mic'd ups looks like. Uh, but just judging on body language, you know, it really seemed like the Bengals had positive body language all the time, even when they were down, even when things didn't go right for them. There was no woe is me. There was no finger pointing. Uh, the, the Bengals' defense is a great stop in the second half. Burrow goes out, throws a pick first play the, of, the, uh, of the series. You know, there was no, well, here we go. All right, oh, well, the offense screwed us, just like they've been doing all game because they couldn't score enough points in the first half. There was none of that crap. All right, and you see that with a lot of teams. All right, you see that uh, in these situations. And no, there's none of that. They went out there and they, and they made a great stop. They got a three and out off of that, off of that turnover. Um, that was huge. That was a huge moment in the game. All right, and that was that was the opportunity the Chiefs had to to come back and put it away now. And the Bengals defense came out and they shut it down right away. You know, three and out on that drive, responding to that adversity. You know, that, that was that was awesome. You know, and look, Burrow talked about being sick of the underdog thing, which I think was very interesting because after the game, Mahomes talked about, well, nobody thought we were going to be here. We weren't supposed to be here. It's like, wait a minute, what? You're here every year. <laughs> look, you, you've been to this, you know, how many times you've been to the Super Bowl since you've been in the league? You know, they're, they, they hosted the NFC Championship game so many years in a row. It's like, what are you talking about? Nobody expected you to be here. Like, they're kind of playing that card. And no, like that's not you. Whereas Burroughs coming out and being like, no, we're sick of that. We're a good team. You know, so you see that confidence that the Bengals have and that attitude. They're like, no, like we're not going to play the underdog. And, you know, they didn't play that way. You know, in, in terms of they expected to win the game. They were confident in winning the game. You know, they were down. They were confident in themselves. They didn't freak out. Uh, they didn't lose their composure. They didn't make drastic changes and be like wow we gotta win this play in, in this game and I, I just gotta chuck it deep to chase and that's the only chance we have no they stuck with the game plan and and they worked it out um so fantastic job all around on that stuff i'll have the film room out i'm gonna talk a little bit about uh you know what both teams did in the red zone uh towards the end of the game i'm gonna talk a little bit about uh you know some of those defense adjustments uh as well and you see some of that stuff on my twitter at coach minnick now the one other thing i wanted to talk about we already talked about a few weeks ago, Zach Taylor coming out and saying, hey, Mike Brown, you know, love that guy. I wouldn't be here. You know, a lot of franchises, I'd be gone. You know, and I think a lot of times we don't understand the concept, whoa, context of things. All right. Uh, these are the unedited versions, so you'll get all that crazy stuff in there. But anyway, uh, we don't look at context. You know, and I think you lump Lou Anarumo in there with that, too. I think a lot of times you look at a team, you look at a team that, that, that had the struggles they did over the first two years, and the owner's just like, well, we're moving on. This isn't working. And it's like, all right, well, look at how banged the defense was, and we lost Joe Burrow halfway through the year. Like, what do you expect? You know, because I, I really believe a year ago that team – might have fought its way back up to 500, you know, because they were starting to come around. They had an easier part of the schedule coming up in the last half of the year. Um, with Burrow, you know, I, I think that might be an 8-8 eight eight team by the end of the year. 
the team without Jamar Chase, so I guess it worked out pretty well. Uh, but, you know, the, you, you got to consider those things. And, and I think the, the Brown family, the Blackburn family, you know, is good at understanding that, you know, and, and these these things are really underrated. You know, I, I think that's what, oh, good franchises, didn't, no, good franchises stick with guys and work it through. Um, you know, you look at, you know, you look, look at the look at the Steelers. I'm sorry, but look at the Steelers, right? They stick with coaches, and they work. And those coaches work it out. They hire good ones, and they figure it out. Uh, you know, Conor had some bad years, and then he came back and went. You know, went to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Tomlin. Tomlin's you know had some bad years. He's a good football coach. Uh, I fought it for a long time. I don't think he was necessarily great when he when he first came around. He's a good football coach. So, it's good. Like, you got to be able to stick with those guys. And then you look at the same thing with Louie and Arumo. In a lot of cases, you know, the coach would scapegoat that guy. There'd be pressure coming out from ownership, and he'd scapegoat that guy. When look at what they had in the D-line last year, right? Everybody's hurt, all right? Those guys who aren't hurt basically are, are trying to get their way out of town. Uh, you know, trade me, cut me, whatever. Or, you know, like, so you get no pressure on the quarterback. And on top of that, you lose Trey Waynes, and who's your number two corner? Like, you know, like you're going into games with, with, with Jalen Davis, you know, starting a corner. And, you know, like, what did you expect out of that team? You know, and that was one of the things with, when I, I, was a, I was a big loose supporter was I was like, he's pretty good at figuring out ways to put them in position to win even with lesser talent. You know, that doesn't mean that you can do the same with greater talent. Luke can. We've seen that this year. Um, but that was the thing that made me optimistic about him. I'm like, he's, a, he's adjustable. He can figure it out. Didn't always paint out for them last year but he was doing more with less last year this year he's doing more with more and it's showing so that's why we can't give up on guys so fast you can't give up on these coaches um like you've got to think about the context it's tough for us because we don't see what's going on every day you know and those little changes aren't obvious uh when you're when you're in the outside looking in like all of us are you know, so that's the good thing about Mike Brown, you know, being an owner who is there every day, who is a football owner, not a businessman who bought a football team, uh, is being able to see those things and understand that cultural change, that cultural shift, and the things that need to get done. So this, his ownership deserves a lot of credit for that. And this uh, coaching staff deserves a lot of credit as well. Um, yes, we're not here without Joe Burrow, and we're probably not here without Jamar Chase either. Uh, but hey, the defensive acquisitions have been incredible. And uh, the coaches and, and ownership and front office, uh, Duke Tobin as well, have done a great job with this stuff. All right, this is uh, Coach Speak. I am uh, Matt Minnick. Stay tuned to Cincy Jungle and to the podcast. We have some great content coming up as we prepare for the Super Bowl. That is a real thing that I just said. Yeah, we coming for with sours. Yeah, we coming for with sours. You hear the crowd coming for with sours. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. 
Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Right now, businesses are facing tough choices. Do you cut costs or drive growth? Solve for today or build for tomorrow? Do you satisfy your shareholders or satisfy your customers? The answer is yes. You don't have to choose. With the intelligent platform for digital business from ServiceNow, you can say yes to unifying your existing systems and yes to accelerating growth. Visit servicenow.com to see how we can help you put yes to work. The world works with ServiceNow.